Welcome to the Fierce Fiduciary Podcast. This podcast focuses on financial planning and investment topics. Our goal is to help you make better financial decisions. We are fierce advocates of fiduciary advice. What does fiduciary mean? It means that anyone who advises you should always put your needs first. We hope you get some value from this episode. Thanks for listening. Standard housekeeping, anything on the Fierce Fiduciary Podcast should not be considered individual financial planning or investment advice. For that, we recommend you consult your own properly registered and licensed professional. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. This is the Fierce Fiduciary Podcast, episode 20. I'm Brian Beasley and with me is Dan Albert. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. People have asked us online and elsewhere, how do I choose a financial advisor? And there are many resources out there that give you things like here are the questions to ask of an advisor that you're talking to here are the, here are the things you want to know and many of those questions are common it's things like what's your experience how do you get paid that kind of thing what 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 do you do for your clients blah 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 it's all about the advisor and we recorded our own episode episode 7 with the most important strategic and tactical questions that you should ask an advisor when you're sitting down with them. And we felt that those were much more about you, the investor, you, the, pl- the person who's trying to get your financial planning done and getting this advice. It's more about what's, what's in it for you. We thought that those questions and the answers to those questions might be much more revealing. And that's the feedback that we have received. But after a little bit of time, we realized that those answers and those questions that we're giving people assume that you already are sitting down with someone. You're already on the phone with somebody. You're on a Zoom call and you're interviewing an advisor. And what we realized is that we didn't really give people a any 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 tools to find that person that they're going to interview in the first place. You can do some research online and it helps drill down a little bit, but I, we realized that there there needs to be a little bit more education on you know, from maybe a view from 10,000 feet, if you will. And uh, as we were talking, we realized there's really probably the biggest differentiation you need to be aware of if you're looking for an advisor is what's the level of independence of that advisor. There's really three different types of advisors out there in general. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of people calling themselves financial advisor, and you can get into the minutia of, what licenses do they hold? Da 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 da. That's part of the process for sure. But what we maybe the easiest, simplest first step is to understand what's their level of independence. There's three. The first one is they're in, the advisor is an employee of a large national brand company. The second level is they may be operating completely under the umbrella of a large national brand company, but the name on the door may be their own. They may pay their own rent. They may pay their own employees. They they own their own business to a certain extent. But when it comes to the financial planning and the investment advice that they provide, it's all coming from a single source that's not them. So they have compliance oversight from a large national brand making sure that they're doing everything in line and they just get to put their own name on that advice. That's called like a a independent broker dealer model. And then the most independent 
situation is um, an advisor who his firm or her firm has filed their own documentation with the regulators and they've designed their own list of services that they provide. And they are completely and totally independent. They own their company. They own the advice. They choose what types of advice they offer. They choose what type, what, what types of services they offer and they choose the pricing of that. So that'd be called, that'd be called maybe a fully independent model. Uh, someone who owns their own, registered investment advisor firm, that kind of thing. So those are the three models. You've got an employee, quasi-independent, semi-independent, you know, that kind of thing in the somewhere in the middle, and then you have somebody that's fully independent. So let's talk first about the employee of the national brand. And this is actually pretty common first place that people arrive. And the reason is, is because they know the national brand name. So you talk to somebody and you talk to your friend and you say, hey, who do you work with? And they go, I'm with National Brand X. And somebody else says, I'm with National Brand Y. And you recognize those names and you feel comfortable with those names. You've seen their commercials on television. You've seen their name on maybe they have an office down the street near your mall. And you go, I'm going to go in there and see not a human being with a name, but you're going there to see National Brand and you're going to sit down with an advisor that's an employee of National Brand. And the way it works there is, as expected, is the advice you get has been designed by the National Brand Company. It's a, it's a systematic thing that they've designed. They've agreed. It's, it's, a, it's an organized way of delivering their advice. And the person you're talking to is the deliverer of that advice and guidance. So they're, they're not inventing their own thing. They haven't come up with anything that is by their own experience and design. They're just a, uh, they're there to deliver the company's services. And that can be a very, very good thing and very, very comforting thing that it's not just one person that's figured all this out They're They may or may not be filing best practices if they do it on their own. So there's just a comfort and, and maybe credibility that comes from working with national brand. And then, you know, the name, you maybe feel more comfortable with that that's where your money is. And when you tell people you're with them, they'll go, Oh, I've heard of that. And that again, gives you maybe some confidence, some considerations of with the employee model is, and, and we're going to go through this with each of these levels is just consider who's the boss in that relationship. If you're sitting down with an employee of a company, one of the considerations that maybe a big deal is they have to take your needs and your objectives into account. And they're obviously trying to deliver a service that you'll keep coming back for. But they also have a boss. And it's important to understand that relationship with their employer between them and their employer, because their employer may have their own agenda that may or may not align with your particular goals and objectives. You know, I worked in that model before and for the most part, you can do absolutely what's right for the client. And the company would say, do what's right for the client, do what's right for the client. And then sometimes they would say, Hey, we have this initiative. We want to, we want you guys to focus on, this service or that service and really put a campaign together for that. Cause we're trying to build this new initiative for the company. And that may or may not be appropriate for all parties concerned. So if you're working an employee advisor, 
just be aware that there may be somebody who's the boss other than you and where their loyalties lie, you know, ultimately it may be, Hey, they got to keep their job. Yeah. Ultimately they're an employee of the company. And when they go home at the end of the day, they got to take care of their family and keep the roof over their head and put groceries in the fridge. Now, the other good news on that model is that that, that employee, they can focus a hundred percent of their energy on nothing other than delivering that advice and meeting people. And oftentimes their calendar will be stock full of meetings that are highly productive. And that's one of the things that are very efficient for the, from the company standpoint of that kind of a model. There's another model that is, you call it the independent advisor or the independent broker dealer model. Uh, They're synonymous. And what you have here is you have a situation where the advisor or maybe the advisor and their partners have gone off to the point where they want a little more freedom to do what they want to do. And they want to own their own business and they want to control their own overhead a little bit better. Maybe they don't want to pay for that office space. Maybe they don't want to have to pay for services and tools and things that they aren't using. And under the employee model, guess what? The advisor gets paid less as a proportion of what the, what the customer pays than if they were independent. So some many advisors will seek out, hey, I think I can do a better job or as good of a job by getting this a little bit more custom to what I really want to do for my clients. And what you're looking at there is you've got kind of this hybrid situation. The advisor may have their own office space that they pay for out of their own pocket. They may have their own brand name on the front door. They may be directly paying their own employees and customizing their benefits package for their own business and whatever makes sense for them. And to a great extent, that may be better for their for all concerned. Um, the other thing is that they may have a broader array of tools available to them than they had when they were an employee. Um, but every single service that they offer and, and platform and type of account, that kind of thing is, is going to be through a single provider, a single uh, RIA umbrella company that may be a very big national brand. It could be Uh, something that you've heard of. It may be something that's kind of behind the scenes, but they're still a very, very large entity and your investments are held by this company and your statements come from this single company and it may or may not have your advisor's brand name on your statement, but that's a quasi-investment in in independent model. Generally speaking, these firms will have guidelines that are broader and give more freedom of movement to the advisor. So you might be able to get... um, a little bit more customized situation through them. And the disadvantage that um, some of those firms have is brand awareness. Somebody might not have heard of uh, uh, XYZ and Jones investment advice. And so they may look at the front door and go, I've never heard of them. Maybe I'll move on to a national brand that I've heard of. But the truth is you may be finding yourself with somebody who's experienced, who is sort of running their own business, because they're paying some of their own overhead and things, and they've just taken that next step to independence, and they may have more, I guess, just more freedom to move around and, and do something that's more customized to you. And the last level is the fully independent registered investment advisor firm. So this is a firm that 
maybe is a smaller firm that looks very similar to that quasi-independent firm. There might be two people, there might be 20 advisors there, there might be 50, but they own their own firm. And they filed their own documentation with the regulatory agencies. And they have custom designed their suite of services of advice to meet their just what they want and what their clients need. They can be very, very niche and specific, or they can be very, very broad. They can do just financial planning. They could do just certain types of investment management, but it's all disclosed in the document that they designed and wrote. The great thing about this model is that this person has no boss other than their client, and their customer. There's no divided loyalty. They have total and complete freedom within the law and within the regulatory restrictions that are out there. So as long as they're following the rules, they can pretty much do whatever their clients need. So there's a total freedom of what tools they use. There's total ability to choose and adopt new technology to make their services better and more efficient and more effective for their clients. With big firms, I failed to mention this, you, you have a tendency for technological innovation to move slowly just because they're trying to capture what works for most people. But you, with an independent firm, you tend to have uh, just much more speed of adoption and you might tend to have uh, much more freedom of movement to provide that custom advice and custom service. Now, the downside of these firms is, at least in the eyes of people who are looking from the outside in, is they may not understand how the investment side of things work. You know, I, I feel really comfortable if my money's at national brand brokerage firm because I've heard their name, I've heard of their... Or, you know, I've, I've seen their commercials and there's that credibility there, but you know, I've, I've never heard of blah, blah, blah investment firm. I've never even heard of them. So why would I even consider interviewing those people? And the thing to recognize about the fully independent firms is that they don't hold your investment accounts. Your investment accounts are still held at large national brand. The word is custodians, a brokerage firm custodians. So Typically, those big custodians for those independent firms are the big brand names that you've heard of. It's and, it, and the big ones right now are Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, and Pershing. Those are the largest custodians that are used by independent financial advisors. And that's a real critical thing to understand is that you may be sitting down with someone who totally and completely own, has ownership of their entire business they control everything under the sun right down to pricing, what services you need. They can accommodate virtually anything you want. And yet your money is still with big brand name national firm. But who's the boss? The customer. So as you're looking to drill down and find out people who might want to be your financial advisor and you're trying to identify who's the right fit for you, just understand you have... From, from 10,000 feet, understand first, what's the level of independence of the person you're talking to from the advice standpoint? And who's the boss in that relationship? Do they work for an, a big company and they're an employee? Are they an independent, maybe quasi-independent firm where everything's done under one company? Or are they fully independent where maybe their clients have accounts at Charles Schwab and TD Ameritrade and Fidelity and they can simply advise on pretty much wherever you are. So those are the three main levels of, of independence, and I hope that helps. Dan, did you have anything else you wanted to add there? Well, as 
looking at what type of person as am I, the consumer, looking to try to find an advisor, when might I choose one of the various, one of these three different models? As I'm thinking of those employee-based models where uh, they work for the national brands, the consumer, that person might be much more independently minded, a do-it-yourself type of a person, and they're looking for advice, but the advisor, the individual person, can be interchangeable. And in that instance, you could potentially go to one of those national brands. Yeah, you're and just that there to get would work. You're just there to get general guidance. You're not there to get creativity. You're not there to get necessarily relationship or leadership. You just want to have some pointers and be pointed in the right direction. Maybe that's what you're getting from a big, broad-based firm. They're they're not going to they're not going to generally customize things unique to your needs. If you're looking for something very, very broad, um, generally you're going to be following pretty much best practices. You're not going to get any, you're not you're not generally going to uh, have anything that's different than normal than what you'd expect there. Is that what you're yes going at? And now, if you're another type of person and you're looking for handholding and you want to talk to an individual advisor who wants to take care of you and you want to know that they're looking out for you, and when you sit down with that person, you want to understand how much skin in the game they they have, where a fully independent firm that type of firm, that advisor you're sitting down with, they've put a lot on the line. They own their business. Their name is on the door. It's all about them and their ability to provide service to you. And so their relationship with you is very important. Yeah, there's a lot more skin in the game if you own your own firm and you've taken a lot of risk to create your own brand. I mean, that takes... That's a, that's a challenge. I mean, it's not easy to go out and start a business on your own with no brand or to create your own brand. Um, whereas if you're an employee, it may just be a job and you can go from one place to another and it's just a job. You're, you're renting the desk, so to speak. So if you're looking for more relationship, maybe more creativity, customization, accommodations that are unique to you, then it's possible you may find that more. the more independent you get, the more skin in the game you get, Sometimes the more experience you get, um, those tend to go up as you go to higher levels of independence. So those are just things to consider as you're searching. Um, if you have not listened to our episode seven with the strategic and tactical questions from a financial planning standpoint, if you sit down with somebody, I would strongly recommend that you listen to that episode and and get a sense of um, just get a sense of the kinds of questions that are more about you and the value that an advisor can bring. As you ask those questions, the answers will be very revealing. But hopefully today we've uh, given you a little first step to identifying how you can find advisors to even interview in the first place. Once again, thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please share it with your friends. Please subscribe. Please like. Please comment. Please find us on social media. We are at Fierce Fiduciary. You can also Google Fierce Fiduciary Podcast and find us anywhere. Dan, you're at from Facebook. I'm on Facebook at Dan Alberth. Dan Alberth, and I am at Brian C Beasley on most platforms. We also participate in some Facebook groups. If you're looking to have a deeper conversation there about various things, there's a group called Investing for Beginners. 
And then Dan and I host a group called Investing and Financial Planning that provides some educational and learning material. So once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.